0: what's going on squad welcome to fit radio the number one podcast brought to you by the team at impact evolution this podcast is actually built to help you improve on that one percent better mentality tune in to each episode it's going to help you catapult your fitness nutrition mindset to new levels of success enjoy the episode Welcome to another episode on FitFlow Radio, brought to you by the coaches of Impact Evolution, of Impact Evolution, and the coaches this week. I'm your host today, Coach Andy James, and I'm joined by Coach Dan Smith, who is also with me, and we'll be talking about prep life versus the reality after prep. Now, we're going to be talking specifically around about Dan's prep, just simply because we know the, we know what Dan went through. A lot of you saw this. If you've been following the journey along, you kind of experienced what Dan was going through at different phases. And the outcome of what 21 29 weeks of dieting and what that really looks like, and then being on the other side of this, realities is like now, after this, day to day, and really what we're sort of seeing happen, we're seeing this happen on a regular basis, and we're having these conversations, but we want to bring this information to you. So first of all, Dan Smith.
1: How are you doing guys? Yeah so um, first time competing um, just wanted to uh, like Andy said did a little bit uh, on YouTube and just open honest thoughts. You've probably seen a few posts and that as I've gone through Instagram as well um, because I think a lot of people potentially aren't as open and honest with the effects on sort of social life relationship with food anything and everything that Got me to. I'm not even going to say super shredded because I think I probably could have got a little bit leaner, um. But in fairly good shape, should we say? Um. So yeah, it was like 29 in the end, 30 weeks to the last show. Um. I was potentially looking to extend that and and carry on and still be the competition still this weekend coming up and um. Obviously, I just pulled the plug because I wasn't competitive and that was one decision that I'm sure we'll probably talk about as well. Um, but yeah, that's uh in a summary what happened
0: so what we're going to do then is we're going to sort of cycle back to the beginning phases of we're going to look at this from a an outside of perspective looking in on the whole like bodybuilding prep life being lean sort of having a specific physique and how this really translates into real life scenario as well as what the process was going through this uh, and we're not going to sort of go into too in depth in the sense of process but we can give you some outlines with regards to what that looked like and what to experience so just, just kind of give me a bit of information to begin with. At the very, very start, what made you decide to go, right, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to really sort of dial in and go through this whole very, very committed dieting process over a long period
1: of time? What was the trail of thought that led you up to that? If I'm honest, it was probably ignorance. Ignorance is bliss. Too, um, too uh, naive, naive to start and too stubborn to quit um but i i started mainly because i've always been an athlete i've always had a competition i've always sort of had a sport or something that i've wanted to work towards and um, that was always american football for me I had three knee operations um, and then also sci- sciatica american football was no longer um no longer the right sort of sport for me unfortunately so i'm too competitive i knew i wanted to try something i'd seen people do this and i love training um always mentioned it. If you've known me for a while, I've sort of touched on that I'd like to do it and that I wouldn't mind trying it. So thought I'd give it a go. Uh, put your money where your mouth is. We can walk the walk. But as a coach, I want to talk the talk and walk the walk both simultaneously. So that was it, really. Like I say, it was definitely um, be naive when you start and, uh, yeah, um, just, just head down and go, really. Too ignorant to, to quit. So we're looking at
0: really like replacing something that you've done in the past with maybe a focus to keep pushing you forward in something that you wanted to achieve. But there was also obviously that element of lifestyle for yourself being a competitive kind of person. You want to try and replace something that you couldn't do anymore.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think talking about like competitive, obviously, I'm going to jump forward a little bit. Um, um, But after when I had competed and unfortunately I didn't do very well um, and I had a lot of people say like, oh, sorry to hear that. Like um, you, you didn't win or you didn't come top top five or whatever um well, I did come top five in one but that's because there was only four people <laughs> positive silver lining <laughs> yeah um but sort of they said uh, like oh sorry about that and I think that's what you said competitive I was also it's competitive with yourself in the fact that it is a huge huge journey and it's I compare it to if someone competes in a marathon runs a marathon you don't ask them if you if they won because the chances are they probably didn't you congratulate them on crossing that finish line. Mm -hmm. and I think um, that wasn't something I was expecting. Obviously, I went in with the intention to win. I mean, who doesn't? Every competitor goes, and I'm not going to be that guy that bullshits and be like, oh, it's a great experience. I just wanted to get there. Obviously, I wanted to win, but I didn't. I'm happy I crossed the line and got myself through there. As um, You'll see a lot of people, lots of competitors sort of pull out within the last like four, five, Two three weeks um, prior to to the competition because that's when the the tough gets going. So, understanding
0: why you wanted to get into this in the first place, um, replacing something that you've probably been missing out on for a while, giving you a little bit of structure moving forward, something to work towards. And I think for a lot of people, sort of if we're looking at this from the reality versus the the prep life scenario it's really about having a focus to keep moving forward and pushing towards two that's probably greater than just the everyday turn up to the gym do a bit of work go home oh yes I progressed a little bit this was like something you could really dial in on for a period of time there was an end goal there that was pushing you to something
1: yeah definitely and I think that obviously you're being my training partner as well you probably saw a little switch that got flicked as Mm. and when I signed up and that that money's gone into their account and I'm I've committed to it um my my training intensity got loads loads better and my execution I well I like to think maybe you've been there and you were like no you still still wasn't ideal Dan but um, I like to think that it was like a lot better um, and it w- allowed me to train a lot harder and um gave me that motivation that I'd potentially just been cruising a little bit um which I think definitely helped uh, having that set goal and set timeline as well. So I thought something that
0: people could take away from this right now is it's not so much about you've got to go and throw yourself into being in a bodybuilding competition or, but I think using a time frame, um, which is pretty much in essence what we're really talking about here, is 100%. using the time frame to establish like what can I achieve in this specific amount of time? And then how that can then translate into progressive training afterwards. Because one thing that we have found now as well, as Dan said, we are training partners as well. Um, and we've trained together now for a good few years. And one thing that I have noticed since going through prep and watching you and supporting you going through prep and then coming out of the other side of this is that training intensity now is, it, there's definitely an element of I could have done more in the past. And you've brought that forward into how you go about execute everything that you do as you move forwards and that in itself for me is like seeing how you've progressed doing that it wasn't really about the window of the prep at the time because I think the first time you did that that was more about experience it was more of a case of um, the lessons that you learned along the way and how you've transferred them into the the real life scenario now rather than the prep life Um, So going through that whole prep phase, understanding this new approach to training, seeing how the you know, where my downfalls may have had me in the past or how I was really committed in the past. Because I saw that that, the second that switch got flipped, I was like, wow, okay, he's dialed in now. It's like there was a level of commitment there that I've never seen. And we've done different phases before in the past. Um, but yeah. there was definitely a level there that you did switch and i was like, right, okay, he's he's on the money now and he's on the ball. We're, like, we're rolling, we're going somewhere and there's a level of commitment that I've never seen. And I think if you transfer that level of commitment into a reality, real life scenario, um, that's what I'm seeing in the essence of what you created along that way now.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think like you say, it is exactly just having that set goal. My almost loss of identity. Um, from going from an American footballer to a bodybuilder, but I'd never actually committed to competing. And I was just like, I'll oh, practice what I preach being a, being a fitness coach. It was trying to, then when I had that commitment and I had that goal and it was X amount of weeks away and I had a little app on my phone counting down, I've got my whiteboard. I was ticking the days off and it becomes a lot more, a lot more real when you're like, it's only getting closer and I think for for general pop, obviously, if we're trying to link it back to them, having that set goal, be it I want to bench 100 kilograms by Christmas or I want to lose this amount of body weight or I want to do a 5K in this time by this, set yourself that goal. The worst thing, you fail, but you've doubled down on your training and you know where you're at and you can push it. For me, in that little zone where I'd lost my identity and I didn't really know what I was doing, I was just spinning the wheels because it was a habit by that point. I'd go to the gym five days a week without fail because I'd built that habit. I'd eat well because I'd built that habit, but I didn't know why I was doing it. And I think probably a lot of people can relate to that.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the things I really want to push back on there is the whole um, setting the goal and having it visually set up in front of you. Like you created all of these little markers around you that surrounded you for success to keep moving forward. So you were installing in, like repetitively you were installing beliefs day in day out around like right? there's there's a time frame here there's this a goal that i need to achieve, and they were everywhere around you they were surrounding you at all times but having those small markers around you like first of all deciding to do something in a time frame where you're going to fully apply yourself to be able to achieve something that was the first level of commitment transferable into sort of the real world scenario is Going through a full 12-week transformation program or going through a six-month transformation program, whatever that time frame is for you, is that's the one that you decide on. But yeah. do that. Give your all in the process because the, the, the small things that were already being, you know, as part of Dan's process where he was already training very well, he was already eating very well. These, were, these are just parts of his habits that so he's created day in, day out. The things that were added on top of this were the reality and what you start surrounding yourself with and how you start to then incorporate that into your day to day. And that becomes a reality. So having these small goals set around on, you know, on dry erase boards, on your phone, on your computer screen, um, reminders, apps counting down. These are all things that help you move forward in progression, because as you're seeing this, you know that. I've got to start paying attention more and more and more the closer I get to this goal, but it's what the goal simplifies at the end of this for you. It's like what it's significant to. That's the thing that's going to help you really produce the outcome of the long-term goal. So the next phase that I want to ask really about is, and this is one that I think most people are going to get the the majority of information and sort of value out of is, the 29 week, 30 week dieting process. Um, This is the bit that I think everybody, if so, Guys, if any if nobody's gone and seen Dan's profile, jump onto him at Mr. Vanity Smith on Instagram and check out the process that he went through through the dieting phase. It's fully documented on YouTube as well. You can find him on there, it's linked in his bio, etc. So you can find all the details on Dan's page at Mr. Vanity Smith. Now, going through the 29-30-week dieting process at the beginning phases of this, I think. I think most people think that ha- there has to be such a drastic shift in what they do on week one, yeah, um, to get to the goal of say week thirty, which was the time frame that you went through. But the reality yeah. was that there was probably not the mo- there wasn't much that probably changed very early on, was there?
1: No, the, the main thing was cr- um, collecting the data. Mm-hmm. Um, I started. I never really used to care what my body weight was because when I'm playing American football, it doesn't matter how much I weigh; it matters on my performance. Where we needed to use my body weight as a bit of a a gauge because we needed to make sure that was in a downward trend so the first thing was just getting data rigorously tracking how much food where my macros are timing of food um hydration sleep as well um, became a big thing that i'd never really had like i wouldn't say i'd had bad sleep hygiene but i wouldn't say it was very good my like you see i'm probably sipping a monster now i used to be drinking <laughs> these yeah drinking these throughout my masters like 9 10 p.m at night and then clocking off to bed um so i think that was one thing as well the, the main probably first month was just getting into a routine and not really changing everything but just documenting everything so we could see um where we were going and then from there it was lots of small little baby steps and i think this is what allowed me to carry on dieting. I didn't have a diet break throughout those 30 weeks. Looking back at it now, potentially that would have been beneficial, but hindsight is always 2020. 20. So it's it's hard to hard to scrutinize what I did. Um but yeah so it was lots of small little little breaks. I think one thing probably people would be shocked to see is that I didn't actually have any cardio added throughout my 30 week prep. And um, it was all just about calories and um, not consuming as much restricting that restricting that and um, because I already have quite an active day job when I when I was PT and on the gym floor a lot and I was walking probably 15 000 to 20,000 steps every day so like the expenditure was already very high and I think that's everyone says like move more eat less you don't need to do both of them simultaneously because that's just going to suddenly make the balance um, unmaintainable and again 30 weeks is a hell of a long time if you go in at gas mark 10 you're not going to be maintaining that
0: that's exactly the bit that i was looking forward to you touching on was that going in at gas mark 10 is because if you go all out in week one week two um you're effectively just going to create a burnout scenario where you can't maintain that going forward and it doesn't become sustainable now Granted, what you produced at the end of the prep wasn't sustainable long term, and it definitely wasn't going to be sustainable in the sense of you sort of reversing out of it and then gaining what you know you need to or want to be able to gain. Uh, But seeing you go from week one and deciding to go through that process and then moving into, right, well, where do I go from here? What steps do I take? Um, Every single week, it was literally one step. There was no big jump. There was no big leap. It was like assess one thing in the process and get better at that one thing. And I think that's another thing that people can take from a prep life scenario and sort of transfer into real life scenario is using that whole one step is it's going to be more beneficial for you moving forwards long term than what it is short term to say, right, okay, if I just throw everything at the wall and I'll see what sticks, it's like you've got no tools left to be able to work with. But if you get very, very focused and throw something one thing very hard at the wall and it does stick, it's like right, okay, I know what works. And I know how I'm moving forward now. So we can we can now mark this one down as a fundamental that we need to keep moving forwards with. Like you said, the sleep hygiene there was a big one for you because never really classed it as poor sleep, but the importance of sleep. I saw the importance of your sleep the deeper and deeper you got into your prep. And we were having yeah. regular conversations around like just simple day-to-day habits that most people do take for granted, like is hydration up, is sleep quality there? you know, um, And then obviously the after effects of the stressors because you're creating more stress on your body. Every time you're dieting, every time you're training, and you're going through a process, you're increasing the stress on the body, but then managing the stresses around this as well. So you were practicing different things to you know, what I'm used to seeing you doing to be able for you to be able to produce this result. So what was it that you found towards the end of prep that you found that sort of stuck now? It's like, right, okay, this is now what keeps me in a better progressive state.
1: I think probably one of the things to think about as well is training um we've not touched on that yet but Mm. throughout that what um 30 week period we changed our rotation once so we ran ran two two programs 16 weeks long changed and we didn't change the whole thing i think we took back squat out and put hack squat in we took deadlift and put like a rdl in instead like we didn't change like half half of the movements probably 75 percent of those movements stuck from the whole 30 week period and again that's the being able to progress it being able to monitor it if i'm changing exercise weekly or every other week you don't know if you're progressing regressing people i think in this day and age see too much on instagram with their latest do this and you'll get shredded in 2 days or do this and you'll get arms in whatever stick to the basics. And that goes with the nutrition, the minimal changes, the the, um, minimum dose. And it's the exact same with the training that we didn't tweak a a thing really. um, Other than at like the halfway point, when my lower back started to to play up a little bit, give me a little tickle, should we say, um, we changed a couple of things just to take the stress out of that. Um, And I think that's something that I'm going to continue with this is just get really strong and really efficient in a select few movements um and then with nutrition i've always been fairly clinical um and the exact same i'm going to carry on with um sleep my sleep game i've brought over um and and definitely improved that sort of pre and post um comp that's that's something that's staying and sort of not necessarily daily cardio but getting out and getting those steps early morning and and just getting the the classic tick those boxes daily, get them done early on um is so easy to just stay stay in bed and say i'll do that later, but sometimes later never comes so A.K. mr getting it done
0: that's it um so just two things before we wrap up on this podcast for you is the one thing that you touched on there about training intensity and training frequency is staying in a program now Just to clarify, we did stay in a pretty much 97% same exercise, same movement patterns for majority of that period of time, but there was still an element of progressive overload in there. We were tracking week by week, um, the data coming back on this. So we were looking to progressively overload. So there's the stimulus that we're looking for over that. So it wasn't a case of I'm not developing, I need to swap XYZ exercise for ABC exercise. Um, We were just looking at how we were getting better and how we were effectively lifting load, because as we were moving forward, it becomes about damage limitation and staying continuous with it rather than putting yourself at risk. So hence why squat was taken out, deadlift was taken out, replaced with more um, isolated movements, movements that were under control that could still generate a very high level of stress and um, that removed a lot of risk. So those were things that were taken into account as we were moving forwards. But the progressive overload was always still there, week on week. We were looking for maybe uh, volume increase, load increase, um, form improvements, uh, yeah. tempo improvements. All of these things moving forwards, even still while doing the same movements, they were all beneficial as we kept moving forward. So that in itself was the try to uh, the the emphasis behind the training side of things that I just wanted to explain, so people didn't think that oh, well, it was just Just the same same thing. Yeah, the same thing over and over again at the same weight, the same reps. And that doesn't get you to where Dan got to in his prep. Um, There was still an element of progressive there, yeah. Uh, And the second one was the transferables. So like the sleep, some of the nutrition habits, um, just sort of the transferables that you're now sort of, I've again seen this day-to-day in how you set yourself up now and having sort of more defined bedtime routines, more defined accountability around We'll talk about caffeine, um, hydration, just kind of being on the ball with things, ticking those boxes every single day. Those boxes are set up for reasons. They're not kind of just thrown out there and go, oh, well, if you just hit these, you might get to where you're going to be. You know, as coaches, we set these guidelines. We set these boundaries for people to be able to know, right, if you're ticking the boxes, we know you're moving in the direction that you want. But if you're not ticking the boxes, you can't expect that result. You didn't get to week 30 and and that physique and that level of body fat by guessing with the boxers you every single day it was like right yeah I'm going to get my 15,000 steps in and if it wasn't I saw this man out there god knows what time it was getting the last 2,000 steps in just to be able to say that he completed them like that's what you call being accountable to the goal
1: yeah I think out of all of those days um I had uh one one day where I missed my steps um I can't even remember why. I think it was I was back home, actually, seeing some family. So I had one day where I missed some steps, but the next day um, we were back on track as normal. And I think it was only by like 500, but that really pissed me off. (laughs) (laughs) So just one thing to leave everybody within is
0: the reality of uh, sort of like what real life is like after going through a prep phase right now. Like if anybody stumbles on Dan's profile right now, you'd be like, what, five weeks ago, this guy was in – in prep and like competing on stage and he had like mahogany tan all over him and his purple trunks.
1: Yeah.
0: And then five weeks later, it's like, you know, this dude's looking quite thick again. Now he's, he looks like he's masked out a bit. Um Just literally just give a little snippet of like the reality coming from where you were to where you are now, because the expectation I think is what people get lost in and what to expect yeah. moving forwards.
1: I think one, it was, it was um, I'd sort of built up a probably a bit of a bad relationship with food. And I think any bodybuilder that gets, takes your body fat to single single digit percentages probably will get a little bit of that. And um, so when that, I'd always been working towards that goal and when that goal had been taken away, not necessarily taken away, completed. Um, my next goal now is probably in two years time to to step back on stage. So um, I enjoyed a lot of food. Um, firstly, there's different styles there's like a reverse diet where you slowly add it back in and there's a recovery diet where you go straight back up to maintenance i can't say that i actively chose the recovery diet and just went straight back to it um i just ate and ate a lot and um my body weight my natural body weight i sit comfortably at around 90 kilograms and on stage i was i think 76 and so i've gained sort of 15 kilograms within five weeks um and I feel a lot healthier. I feel um, my sleep is a lot better. And, and I'm. this is like my natural walk around weight, a weight that's comfortable for me. Obviously, calories have come up, back up and probably in the first week or two, probably two weeks, pushing on potentially three. Um, I was having real fluctuations with the relationship with food. Sometimes I was fine and I was tracking everything other days I'd have three packets of pop tarts and think no we'll start again tomorrow um, and I think the main thing is I didn't demonize that too much I didn't run myself through the mill for too much or or punish myself and then try and under consume the next day and um, because I knew it would just be worse and we'd get into that cycle so I accepted that I'd reached my goal Um and I could have if there was other, other shows that I did want to compete in probably maintained this for a little longer, but I was just spinning wheels for, for no real reason. I wasn't going to be putting on a huge amount of muscle mass in that. So, um, it made sense to, to jump back into a surplus. Have I done it quicker than, than probably a lot of people would say, uh, they'd want to see their self. And like, when I look in the mirror and see my physique has changed drastically. Um, it is hard at times, but I know that, I've done it once. I'll do it again. And then sort of, uh, I can, will. will um, 2023. We're going to see a different physique at that stage.
0: We most certainly are. So just to leave you with this last thought then guys is what Dan said there about the ebbs and flows of going through dieting. Um, I think a lot of people get a bit caught up in what it's like to diet day by day, rather than long-term and look at the bigger picture. And um, that one day where food might not be on track, it's not something like he said, acceptance is a big part of this not trying to double back and create more damage by removing more calories doing more cardio um, just to try and offset one blip it was more of a case of acceptance right okay i know that i did this i know why i've done this let's get back on track i know what my fundamentals are you know ticking those boxes off every single day as long as they're set up in a way that's going to guide you forward that's the thing that's going to help you improve most is if you look at this long term and it's like okay i made a mistake today i'll start again tomorrow then the mistake crops in again. All of a sudden, you're back in that cycle of repetitive behavior where you're establishing a re- and reinforcing a negative um, attachment to food and then what it's rewarding you with and going back around with this. Those scenarios in themselves, they will have you pull you further away from the goal that you're looking to achieve and push you further and closer towards it. The acceptance around this, what you're looking for is, okay, You know, today wasn't great, but what can I do tomorrow that brings me back on track? Don't force yourself in a moment to try and drastically change everything that's happened because of one moment in time. Look for that point in what I'm doing right now and what can I benefit with tomorrow? Because yesterday might not have been the way that I wanted it or intended it to go. But tomorrow is a new day and how I move forward with that. That's going to help me improve and get close to the goal that I'm looking to achieve long term. Like Dan said, he's got a two year goal now just because he gained close to nearly what, what you say, close to 15 kilos now. Two stone, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Just because he's getting close to two stone in like five, six weeks doesn't mean that he's not happy with where he's going right now. What he might be seeing might be slightly different, but the goal now is, is not to be as lean as possible because that's part of the process in the next two years. We've got a good 18 months of building in front of us to be able to get to that point again where you get to see the work that's underneath. So just to sort of finish off then is... What you get to see at the end goal isn't always what you're going to see in the moments of process. You have to make sure that you're aware that there is a level of acceptance by ticking the boxes. You're not always going to be 100% on track, but it's how you get back on track and stop using excuses around the bad behaviors that you're creating along the way and know that the goal that you're working towards whether it be an eighteen-month goal, an eight-month goal, or an eight-week goal, whatever that might be for you, is that there's a consistency there that's required, and that's the biggest thing that Dan created. Is ride the ebbs and flows, but create the consistency in your good habits. And as you move oh, yeah. forwards, you will see this goal, and it will it will appear. Chances are, as Dan's has now, the goalposts will move.
1: There always are, and you want them to. That's 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 ever progressing. If uh, if you get that goal and stay there, we're then spinning those wheels again and. No one wants that.
0: I'm going to leave you with Dan's wise words there. Right, so (laughs) thanks for being here on this podcast, guys. I appreciate every single one of you. So as we always say, an an installment we always give to our clients is always focus on being that 1% better. I'll speak to you soon. Take
1: care. Have a great day. See you later.
0: Thanks nice for tuning into the podcast today. If you got value from this podcast, just do me a quick favor take a quick screenshot, upload it to your social media stories, and tag me in this at Coach Andy James. That's all one word at Coach Andy James. By sharing this, you could actually help one of your friends, but it also helps us grow as a platform. We've currently got a four week free downloadable that's going to help you be more progressive, more productive, and more accountable for your transformation. If you pop over to www.coachandyjames.com, pop in your email address from this coming Monday, you'll begin to receive for the next four weeks a free downloadable downloadable different each week that's going to help you produce a better transformational result i'll speak to you in the next podcast take care thanks for being part of the squad